Hi, welcome to Awake TV. So today we want to talk about how to attract your tribe in the relationship. Enjoy! Hi, Sue. Good morning. Yes, hello. Good morning. Okay, so let's get started today's topic, which is how to attract your soul tribe in your relationships. So, have you ever experienced um, attracting people more like you after your awakening? What's your experience, Sue? Absolutely, I have. Um, and it's, it's so wonderful that um, the way that it's happened for me. Like, you know, we talked last week uh, about people kind of uh, dropping out of your life, but um, I think it's really cool if we could talk about how people come into your life organically that um, that are just meant to walk with you at this point in your journey. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, and for me, it's happened, you know, just via connections of Facebook. I don't do a lot of social media, but when I do do social media, I do search for um posts that are meaningful to me and I try to keep things real positive and uplifted I like a lot of animal posts yeah and, yeah and you know just animals doing funny things you know anything to keep my energy high and um, I just organically meet people um, that way and then of course uh, in interactions uh, with my son's you know school and sports and things like that of that nature um I meet people and sometimes like maybe I've known this person for years, but don't really know them. And then all of a sudden we're starting to sort of uh, pick up a conversation and, mm -hmm. and start noticing common threads. Yeah. And um, yeah. And so I, I really think that it's worth mentioning that timing. Did um, you, did you realize the connection is special, like compared to what you had in previous connection when you meet, meet these people or how was it yeah definitely a difference in connection um and I'll say it this way some of the individuals I'm referring to that I've more recently been having conversations with they're people that when I first met them I had a natural intuitive feeling about you know very um positive warm feeling but it just at that time it wasn't uh, I think it wasn't right to connect mm -hmm. and so I think there was a natural affinity there. However, um, you know, and it was until it wasn't until a little bit later on, and then we started talking about things that are happening currently. You know, the COVID and other things that are going on, lockdowns, schools, that kind of thing. And all of a sudden, I start realizing, oh wait, we have a whole lot in common, and I could just get the natural sense that it's time for these conversations to happen. And, um, you know, my personal relationship with my husband, um, mm -hmm. wow, how cool. Um, we just, we're, 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 we're growing together and, um, you know, every once in a while, like we're getting to the point we've been together so long, we sometimes finish each other's sentences, but, <laughs> um, we definitely have that brain, that, uh, mental etheric connection, but, um, he would, say something you know this year and I and I would think oh wow I hadn't even thought of it that way and so 
our willingness to expand our consciousness together has been really amazing that, and it works out because we're both willing and um, we're both willing to look at things in different ways, ways that we, and you know, we don't agree on everything. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are certain topics that, you know, I entertain that he just thinks are way out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, you go ahead with that. Yeah, it's, I'd have to say that I think there is a natural attraction to people that are meant to be at your life, in your life at any given time. And it's a flow, I would say, I think, if we can not worry too much about yeah, uh, the why of it, and we can get more. Yeah, you know, because I think that trips us up sometimes and we're not trusting our intuition when we're sitting there trying to figure out why. Why did this one leave? Why is this one all of a sudden coming back into my life? Or, you know, that sort of thing. I, I don't think the why really it matters doesn't. if we can trust it. And then that it's it, really it's, important to stop yeah. analyzing like what this connection is. Like, um, I think last few years, I keep on meeting people um, by accident. Like I wasn't really planning to meet like my soul tribe or anything. But like I think my guide are, you know, planning to hook us up um, by through other people. So recently, um, mm-hmm. I become good friend with this lady that our mutual friend introduced me to her because she was looking for help. And then I, I'm too busy with my business, so I really couldn't really help her. Um, but, you know, if she she seems like she's going through um very, very challenging time. And then, you know, uh, we live close by. So I'm like, if I can help her to, you know, do something so she can focus on what she's doing, which is her career. So I at least decided to meet her. And then she she was looking for someone to okay. um, watch her kid, but I really didn't have a time for that. So I was like, oh, I don't have a time for that. But at least I can meet her and meet the kid and see how it goes. And what turned out to be was we are all right. soul tribe because I ended up giving her uh, regressions uh, because she needed it because she was going through a lot of uh, emotional thing and then we became friend right away so you know she needed more help than just talking about all this turmoil turmoil she was going through and then she's very very independent person and very very success oriented so she doesn't really ask help from anyone so that made me want to help her more and then after like she never did any like you know quantum regression or anything but like she tapped into her past life so she had more clarities on her relationships with men you know and then we solved a lot of wounds and then mm-hmm. and then we found out like we me and her and uh the person who introduced me to her our family in a past life in France. 
Yeah, I know. And then wow, I that's so cool. instantly uh, felt familiar with her. And then her kid was very like at ease to me. And then um, I sort of like um, offered my help for five days because, you know, her kid was going through very uh, abusive environment in, in the school. So I kind of wanted to make sure that she can get out of that. You know, because it's not uh, some schools are not a good environment for little, you know, kids to go through, you know, in the online environment right now. It's too inhumane sometimes. They don't, some school doesn't let her kids to be kid, you know. So, you know, um, long story short, the kid went back to a school she likes. And then everything has solved. And then she was like, oh, you came into my life. You're like an angel. So I just, you know, gave her what I know to um, help her to move forward her life. And then she's happy. And then I was more surprised that, okay, I would never met her unless, like, our mutual friend was looking for help for this girl. And then I happened to live nearby, so it's easier to give my hand, even though I wasn't really looking to help anyone because I was too busy. And then it turned out to be, oh, my God, we're soul family. And then the stuff she what is going through, I've been through it before. Not as tough environment as she's in, but I can totally like see myself in there so I know how to help her so I was like wow this is so blessing and then as a friend of mine like he lives in England who is like our fellow you know a big age practitioner and then we did the swap session and then we felt like you know I think we, we met in past lives and then he did some session with other practitioner and he found out that I played the role of his wife in the past life, the traumatic past. Um, and then that was a past life. He asked me to help him to um, ease his guilt. And then we both didn't know that we played out the family role because I guess we're so family and we, it kind of made sense for us to become husband and wife to go through the mission, which was not that successful at that time. And then we were surprised, wow, like there's a connection there, but we felt, we both felt like instant connection. So stuff like that happened to me, like, um, I guess last few years. So when I meet people, like, let's say through Facebook or whatever, and then I can kind of sense like, okay, this person showed up in my life and I feel like I can collaborate with this person. And I think we spend the time together in other planet or something like that. And that happens to me all the time now. And then I'm like, okay, I'm not going to, analyze this I'm not gonna judge it like okay you're not gonna have any meaningful friendship or meaningful contact or anything through social media not like that you don't 
you don't kind of like filter it how you meet people and I feel like be open-minded and then uh, don't analyze don't overthink is step number one of how to attract your soul tribe you know Sue? I can't hear your voice right now. I know. Oh, I'm... I do, I do, I do, I do. No, I do. Oh, sorry. Something happened with my microphone. Um, it's like you and I, um, it's like you and I, right? I agree with what yeah. you're saying. You know, and why question it? I mean, it was just so organic the way that we met and decided to work together. And I think maybe even a little bit of predestined. And yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we had our Pleiadian lives together. And um, so, I mean, I think it's worthwhile to also mention that if we uh, as souls made a contract to come in at this time in our lives and work together, then th yeah. that's why that happened. I mean, how many hundreds of posts go up on Candace's site on the quantumhealers.com for practitioners. I mean, my email is just absolutely chock full of them and I don't look at them every day. I like yourself. I'm very busy with, you know, my jobs and um, all of a sudden here I'm looking at, you know, Erica's, Erica's email and I'm going, I'm very attracted to it. There's a lot of people that want to do swap sessions, but for some reason I clicked on yours. So I don't think that was an accident. And, but, you know, I, like you're saying, I don't think we should overthink it either. Yeah. When that attraction is there to a person or to a situation, maybe we just roll with it. Yeah. Because even though like, let's say um, someone who is just started the awakening, you know, not like me and Sue, we've been, we've been on this road for a while, but even in the beginning, it's very important to not filter, like not overthink, like, okay, this person showed up in my life. What is, what does this mean? You find out. Just Absolutely. Go for it. A couple of years ago, I had a neighbor. I was just outside doing my uh, yard work and all mm -hmm. of a sudden talking to me over the fence. And to be honest with you, I didn't even know I had a new neighbor that the other one's. <laughs> Yeah. But the other ones had moved out. I mean, I'm just kind of in my own world. Well, yeah. truthfully, you know, my, my mom and dad, they had a lot of health issues and I was their caretaker for years. So mm -hmm. I, I, I had my own stuff going on. And uh, anyway, long story short, she uh, wanted to connect with me. And then we discovered that, you know, she had a modality and I had a modality. So we decided to swap sessions or what she does is very different from what I do. But uh it's okay. I thought, fine, you know, energetic exchange. Mm -hmm. So to summarize why I think I met this person and um, because I ended up having to say, I, I, I just don't want to be friends. Hmm. And it was to teach me, there, there were some things said that uh, sounded very uh, competitive, like some digs that I was receiving. And I thought, geez, I don't even know this person. Where is this coming from? And I believe the lesson in it was that I needed to be secure in my own, uh, my own understanding of myself and mm -hmm. what I, what I want out of a relationship. And um, 
this person needed all of, quite a bit of help. And I, I think with, if using the quantum healing, I think I could have gotten quite a ways with her. But um, I don't think that she was open to the process, to be honest with you. I think she was curious about it. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, I had to realize that I can't, I can't fix people. You know, I have, I have this ability, I have all of this knowledge, I have this practice that I do that's really, really effective. But Mm -hmm. if a person isn't, isn't available and willing to go through the process and isn't open to it, I can't force it on anybody. We can't, we can't change anything or everything unless the person we are working on is willing to receive, right? Yeah. And, and I think the whole reason that she came into my life at that moment in time was because I was still settling my boundaries mm. with individuals. You know, I went for years and years, you know, as a social worker and that sort of thing, taking care of people and trying to fix people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, you know, as we know, that doesn't work. And um, I was coming out of that completely. And uh, that was one last little quick relationship that happened just to it was like the universe was saying, are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to be a caretaker anymore? And I was quite sure, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so you don't, you don't have to end, uh, you know, a situation like that in, in, in anger or um, uh, have some kind of heated confrontation. I just very kindly and politely said, you know, this relationship just isn't for me. I'm sorry. You know, I, I really don't want to spend any more time together, but thank you, you know, for the time that we did spend. And um, I felt very empowered after that. So, you know, I think it's worth mentioning that um, people can come into your life to show you something along those lines, you know, to help you become very clear on what you want out of a relationship and whether that's romantic or a friendship or, um, you know. Oh, yeah, that's, the you know, point of dating. Um, dating is to me... Um, to find a compatibility with the other person. Um, of course, um, you always have hope, like is this, you know, going to be someone who I can spend the rest of my life with. But you're not gonna start dreaming about it until you know for sure, you know, being who you are and being who he is, is compatible. And that to me is dating. And then, then you feel like you can accept other people's offer more like, okay, yeah, let's go out to see how it happens instead of like, okay, is this, is this person qualified to be my husband? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you never know who will be like, who will be like suitable for you. Like, unless you, you feel like um, absolutely icky about this person, like for some reason, then don't do that. But if the other person is acceptable, you know, okay, I can spend an hour with him for drink to get to know with him, you know. I mean, yeah, then, I then it's just a date can be more like a discovery um, time. Absolutely. Boy, I think you hit the nail right on the head with that. I, I tell both of my sons, the older one, he does, he, he carves his own path at the, <laughs> the 17, my 17 year old, I've said to him, you know, date and date them often because this is what helps you kind of map out what it is you want, you know, the kind of 
qualities in an individual that you want and and then someday if you decide to marry um and you know like Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell I mean they've been together oh gosh 47 years and they're still not married and they have children together and all that so I don't think the marriage is the ultimate you know um status of of a successful relationship I no. mean I could I could have stayed with my husband all this time and not be married to him. You know, he wanted it more than I did. And I was like, fine, you know, I'm really good with that. Uh, it didn't bother me at all to be married. It was fine. Um, it however, I'm like- just saying, I don't think it has to be a, but you know, you want to create a roadmap through dating and experiencing a lot of different people mm-hmm. before you get to the point where you say, okay, this is the one person that I think I'm going to spend my life with. But it, you have to experience what you don't want in order to know what you do want oh definitely and also um you know i was reading the book about the relationship you know it's not about how to have a relationship i know this because i'm a relationship coach but it's like a more like mentally like brain wise how women operate and a man operate in brain wise and then uh, basically women operate with biological clocks so you know, when you date, like in three months, you started to eat date, like, oh, where is this going? Like in six months, like, oh, did he ask, you know, you to uh, go out? I mean, marry you or something like talk about future. And I do hear this like quite often. Um, to me, that is not, um, I guess, good guiding light to have a really happy relationship. Because if you are dictated by time, and then you may end up choosing the person who is just qualified instead of who you really love. Mm. And that's not good for both parties. Because like, because I was raised by a narcissistic mother, I was very careful because I, I kind of heard from other people if you're in that environment, you you end up being in the codependent relationship when you're in the relationship. So you uh, tend to attract the narcissist and someone who use you. So I was very, very, very careful about choosing my partner or my date. I mean, date mm-hmm. is date. Like, let's see how it goes. But my boyfriend is someone I select you know, from all men, you know, among all men. So he, he's really qualified, but I don't really um, choose that person easily. And then that takes time. You're not going to choose your boyfriend in three months. Well, you know, the point I think that you're also raising is that we have to be in tune with our own internal energies and where are we coming from and what are our mindsets? Because, you know, like you said about um, the possibility of attracting a codependent relationship, that's an energy that we give out that attracts that to us. Yeah. And so, you know, if we are consciously aware of our own behaviors um, and what we will and won't accept and okay, I'll give you an example. Um, My first husband and I, we were kind of like, well, we were very young to begin with, but uh, he was kind of like his father and I was kind of like my mother. And believe me, believe me, none of the two should meet, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't really see that until afterwards um, that I had attracted someone to me that 
uh, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to put him down. He's a great guy, but, um, that was a taker. Let's just, let's be real honest about it. You mm-hmm. know, and he was young, he was young and he's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, at that point in time, I wasn't conscientious of the, and also I needed uh, to be, to be taken care of too. And that's codependence, right? Yeah. When, some, when two people are relying on the, on each other to get their needs met instead of meeting their own needs. So we both had that going on. Um, and then I still had some of those tendencies when I met up with my current husband, um, you know, 28 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't, I wasn't fully healed, but I was in counseling at that time. And I was definitely a lot more mindful mm-hmm. than I was about entering a relationship. And there was a willingness on my husband's part, you know, for him to work on his issues and me to work on mine. So that was how it worked. And we've grown in stages over the years. And um, it's not, it's kind of like in a video game, you level up, right? Yeah. And the mindfulness is important because if you know you have a tendency to attract according to the statistics you can just jump into the dating and uh, start dreaming about okay it's six months like where is this going like in my case i had to be careful to see okay am i in the healthy relationship or not so i was no way in the uh, boat of looking to see the future because to me unless at least you go out with someone for one year you don't know who they are and for safety wise i was preferring to go out with someone two years just just in the relationship not really talking about the future yet and that was me and that saved a lot of time for me like um in terms of making a decision to have a real commitment like, you know, because um, you kind of find out you are like compatible with that person as a boyfriend and girlfriend term, but that doesn't mean you're comparable um, to have a life together because you're so different. Right. Or even right. if you're different, like if the other person and you are willing to uh, meet in the middle ground and the both of you are easy going then yeah you can have a marriage but like you can't really um decide to marry someone just out of love only like i'm not saying like uh, you gotta be calculated but um you gotta see if the other person is willing to work on it like if they have yeah. that kind of personality to begin with Exactly. I mean, and that just boils down to having communication. I, I I just don't understand. Well, I do in a way because it's the old fashioned way of doing things. There was a lot of game playing in relationships, wasn't there? Uh, in America, anyway, it was this whole, uh, you know, women had to be somewhat elusive, men had to chase, and, you know, then they catch their prize and and then, you know, women find out, oh, you know, he just was after the chase. And now that he has me, he's over here looking for this one and that one. <laughs> it was this whole dynamic that seemed to carry through, you know, many, many people. Mm-hmm. But um, like, if you take time. Nowadays, we got to get real. We got to get real and have a conversation and be very clear about what we're interested in. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with meeting somebody and, and being attracted to them and just saying, Hey, you know, I just want to have some fun. I'm, I'm not really looking for, um, 
a committed relationship right now. And I'm just interested in going out and having some dates and having some fun. And, and the opposite too, you know, if you, if you come out and say, you know, I've, I've, I've dated a lot, I've had a lot in my life and I'm, I'm really interested in um, settling down. I don't want to have a playful relationship. And if that's not something that you are interested in as well, then we might as well just, uh, agree to enjoy this date and be friends yeah i mean I, I it's very important to um tell your potential partner what you're looking for in the beginning like i don't agree on um pretending in dating like that's what i um tell my client that don't fake yourself when you meet someone because eventually you have to show who you are in marriage or something and then if it doesn't work out you are not in a good situation so it's bad it's the best for you to show who you are in the early stage and then it's best for you so you can save your time uh, to tell them what you're looking for in early stage like this is like something i hear from a successful girlfriend who is like having a really successful relationship versus someone who is having not that great marriage. Um, like a lot of successful girlfriends, they tell a guy who, you know, they meet their expectations. Yeah, get that right out in the front. Yeah, like from, from other than that, he's going to be playing a game too. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, that, that, yeah, the energy of that the dynamic of, of pretending, I mean, you're going to you're going to attract a pretender to you. Yeah, and and boy, that dance is not fun. Yeah, in my opinion. And then you're not going to attract your soul tribe, your soulmate by doing that. You're going to attract a karmic partner for sure. But um, because you're not going to showing who you are in true light, but you're putting a lot of facade and all these illusions all around you and then all you're going to attract is fake which is a lot of times karmic partner and then like that's kind of a waste of your time because if you're looking for let's say uh, some authentic you know happy love it's not giving you a favor by you faking yourself and then a lot of times I see People don't show their true color or true self because they are um, insecure. So before you are looking for your partner, maybe, you know, I recommend them to work on themselves because if you're not confident enough to show who they are, and you know, take it, leave it. If you don't like who I am, that's fine, you know, because there's mm-hmm. somebody out there, they're going to like you as exactly who you are. And I think the kind of introspection that it takes to be able to do that, that's the work that has to be done prior to going into a relationship. For example, you know, I do a radio show on Thursday nights um, called Divine Connections. And a lot of what we get in in a form of questions are uh, about romance. And I just, before I start the show, I just want to say every time, okay, people, if you're going to ask me about your romantic life, let me just say this. If you've had a string of relationships that have been, in your opinion, unsuccessful, have you taken the time to sit down and look at it and say, okay, what was my part in that? 
a lot of people just love to blame yeah. the other person for why things went wrong. I'm sorry, folks. I'm going to tell you right now, that is a load of horse crap because it takes two to tango. It takes two to make a relationship work. And if you're not being honest and clear with what your issues are and working on them, then you're just going to keep attracting the same type of person in a different body and it's just going to go on and on it's a vicious cycle yeah so and uh, you know that's the work that's the work mm-hmm. that has to you know, really trying to get yourself positioned you know to have a meaningful relationship then i think you have to really look at yourself and go am i the kind of person that someone would want to have a long-term relationship where are my issues that need a little bit of work and attention and get real clear on that because we all have them, right? Yeah, and none we of all us, have them. None of us is the ideal, perfect partner. We don't have to be um, perfect, but we can be authentic. No. Absolutely. And the willingness to be able to see yourself, to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, okay, I know I didn't handle that quite well. What what triggered me? What? Why do I get upset about that sort of thing? You know, for me, I'll just share with you my personal red shiny button my my trigger is when anybody tries to indicate to me or suggest or i am i imply that they're suggesting that i'm stupid Mm. one gets me big time Mm. i would and and that goes to my childhood i was not given um a lot of credit as a young person and uh, as a teenager for being capable and intelligent and you know, my parents just didn't see that side of me. I think my father did, but he was the quiet one. You know, he just, he, he was a very present moment individual. He just, he was one of those move on. Let's uh, what's next. Let's keep moving forward. And let's not really talk about yesterday kind of person. Oh, yeah. And, but um, you know, I was sort of in the, and I don't want to get into huge storytelling about my family dynamics, but I was the black sheep of the family and I needed to play that role because they needed someone to take the pressure mm-hmm. off of, of the marriage, the, the problems in the marriage. So I was it. And let me tell you what that did to my self-esteem. Not really great. But um, so that is still a trigger for me. And I've gotten really, really good at understanding when it happens of pulling myself aside and saying okay this isn't about you this is something that they stated it's a difference of opinion you know whatever it happens to be but I have to have a conversation with myself and remind myself just because they're saying this to me doesn't mean it's a it's a dig at me they're not trying to attack me I'm just interpreting it that way so you know does it sound like a lot of work yeah, it sounds like a lot of work, but all it is is being mindful. Yeah. Okay. And it, this understanding came from years of my self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And why have, I, why have I gotten in fights and what makes me angry and what makes me tick? You get to know yourself on an atomic level, then you're very naturally going to know and real quick, whether somebody you've just met is going to mesh with you or not. You just, you're just going to, you're going to be able to intuit it on a cellular level. Yeah. And, and so step yeah. number two, is get to know yourself deeply so you can see mm-hmm. your soul tribe clearly. If you're fake, you're going to yeah. attract the fake people and the karmic people like partner. You don't want that. So Take your time and then 
when you meet someone, let's just have a relaxed mind to see, see where this goes. Instead of deciding and the labeling, okay, this is love of my life. I just know this. <laughs> because you are Got strapping you. yourself and chaining yourself to um, put yourself into that kind of matrix. You don't know that until you find out the, who the other person is. I agree. And, and I'll tell you, um, there's still a lot of folks out there that think, ha- that think having children together is going to make a, a com- uh, make a relationship work. And I'm here to say that uh, not only is that not the case, but now you've also involved an innocent human being into the mix, into something that um, now they have to play out your drama because you've brought them into the world. You know, I, I don't know, is it fair of me to bring that up? But there are still women out there that think, oh, if I just have his child, then everything's going to work out. <laughs> it's going to look is... good, like facade, but it just doesn't... I mean, kids kids can notice. I mean, even though you pretend to be happy, they can tell. Especially Absolutely. small kids, they can subconsciously tell. And then wh- and what also... kind of uh, example you're teaching as a parent that... You are faking yourself to have a fake relationship. That's not. And then they're going to end up being like you. And they're going to end up attracting partner like you. And that's not a good example to be a parent. To me, because I do uh, remember my clear memory as a parent in past life. And I was, you know, five-star parent. I'm so proud of that. But... um in order to be a parent, you have to be somewhat someone who can be an example as a human being. And are you proud of yourself? Are you, you know, yeah, are you really confident of yourself as a human being, how you are living your life authentically? Absolutely. Yeah. Because the child is going to look at your back and learn from you. Exactly. And, you know, that's the thing. I mean, if you're bringing a child into the relationship to fix the relationship, keep the relationship, or because you're lonely and you feel like you need this person that is yours to bring in, you're relying, you know, there's the codependency, you're relying on that child to bring you happiness. And I'm not sure that that's fair. Yeah. And then you're latching yourself onto the kids. And then uh, that's too much, what you're going to call it bondage to the kids your parents is latching on to you because after they grow up like 21 or whatever they start have to live their own life and eventually they're going to start finding their own partner and then they're going to have their own family so you can't latch on to your kid because you are not having really a good relationship with your spouse right so what do you do if you find out, you know, like maybe you have a, a someone come to you for relationship counseling mm-hmm. and they realize, they, they realize, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that I did this thing, but you know, and okay, guess what? Now we have kids and, or a child or several children and, you know, they become aware of their motivation for having, 
now what do we do? What do we do with these children? Um, How do we make this better and turn it around? It's 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 usually the concept of what the family is and the relationship is derived from um, childhood trauma and the childhood trauma programming. So it's very important to uh, reprogram, you know, themselves to put themselves into healthy concept of what this is all about. You know, a lot of like. Um, how family should be derived from your childhood experience. And then a lot of the times you don't remember. And then your parents taught you this is how the family should be, mm-hmm. you know. And then unless you're one of those extremely lucky top 1% of people, your parents are extremely loving and unconditionally loving you as who you are. I mean, most of us are coming from you know, less or more, not the great family background, you know. And then we Mm -hmm. all learn those programmings. And then we have kind of distorted idea of how family should be, you know, like status or how it has to look outside of your world, how other people are going to see you as a family instead of how you feel within that, you know, unit. So it's very important I, you know, help out my client to go through regressions to heal those wounds. And then Mm -hmm. after you heal those, they can start seeing the situation where they are at. And then they can come up with their own conclusion by observing their situation. I won't tell them how the family unit should be, you know. Right, right. Because I've been through a lot of uh, self-clearing, I do have idea, but they have to come up with their own term. And then if they choose to not to stay with this marriage with their spouse, then they have to come up with how can I provide a healthy environment for my kid? Right. Which is doable. So in essence, you're growing. Yeah, you're growing. You're growing. Mm-hmm. With your child, in essence, you know, you're teaching yourself through, through understanding and clarity in, uh, okay, what went wrong? And now how am I going to take corrective action for myself? But in a sense, you're saying that that person is reparenting themselves at the same time that they're giving their children a healthier environment. Yeah. I mean, you have to parent yourself first. And then you grow your inner child and stuff like that to healthy level. Then, then, you know, after you learn how to love yourself and then face your um, truth instead of making tons of excuse why it should be this way. Like I myself made tons of excuse to stay in my uh, first marriage because of my uh, religious belief that, you know, I, I was a Catholic I no longer believe in religious organization because I'm awakened. Um, that doesn't mean I deny Jesus or creator. They exist and they work with me. But I I truly believed in Catholicism. So when, you know, you know so you, you're Catholic too. So once you're in that religion, they tell you divorce is not a good thing and you have to stay in marriage no matter what. 
So、right. I had to ask myself every day a question, even though I was really unhappy and I made a mistake of choosing、um, my ex husband because he was, he, he was kind of faking himself, and I found out the night before my wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was shocking. So, all of my,、um, that's the only thing I asked him to do in, in my relationship of、uh, deal breaker thing. And I was super young. So, I was so scared of what my family is going to think. They all spend so much money to come here for the expensive wedding. And then, you know, it's just I had to go through this. And then after that, from day one of my marriage, I had to keep on asking myself, Is this the right thing to do just because church told me to do?、Mm-hmm. And then,、yeah. then divine intervention happened. So, <laughs> divine showed me that I, I had to get out of it. But、mm-hmm. that took me five years. Yeah, and, and during that time, as you were going through the five years, you were starting to become more and more convinced in what your needs were and what you wanted in your life. And, and I think maybe you got in touch with the reasons why you went ahead with the marriage, even though you knew the night before that it wasn't what you wanted. I was scared.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was scared. And, and I understand. I mean, your whole family came in from Japan, didn't they? So that yeah, was like a was big deal. So much money they spent in $20,000. And then how am I going to tell them it's called, called off? Maybe if like three months before, I probably would. But not night before the wedding. Yeah, there was a movie I watched. I can't remember the name of it, but the same exact thing happened. And you know what they ended up doing? What? They,、uh, they decided that、um, they were going to turn it into a okay, so it's not a wedding, but we have the, the room booked and the dinner. So we're going to have a party and we're going to be really glad that we got together and spent the money because we missed each other. We haven't seen each other in years. And I just thought that was such a cool message. It is such a cool message. And then、um, I read the book、uh, written by Jim Rogers. He's a great parent, he's a、uh, billionaire. And he's an amazing dad, but he had two m a r r i a g e which wasn't working out, and his third marriage is perfect for him. And then he wrote a book for his kids because they're very young. And he was saying to his kids that if, you know, at any point of your life, that's including the night before the wedding. You find out this is not the person you want to spend the li- rest of your life with. Tell us what you're going on, and we're going to 100% support you. Yeah, and see, I think more and more people are starting to realize that, that the connection and the love of the family is so much more important than insisting that my children do what I, wa- what I want them to do. Uh, my picture of their future is not necessarily their picture. So, you know, these k i n d of things happening are also helpful to the family members, the parents.、Um, as, as a parent myself, I have to be constantly 
mindful of the fact that what I want for my sons isn't necessarily what they want for themselves. And, but, but my role is to be here and love them. Yeah. Come what, come what may, yeah, whatever they choose. And, you know, this lesson for me was big this year. Mm -hmm. Um, because my one son, you know, he had a relationship breakup. It was a long-term relationship. There are children involved. So there's that. And then my other son is it's his senior year of high school. And I was so upset and, and uh, at first, you know, really putting worry and fear into it because he can't go to school mm-hmm. and here. My impression of it was, oh my gosh, look at all the things he's missing out on. And so it was my picture of his senior year that I was grieving and after I had a discussion with him and I said, how is this affecting you really? And to be honest with you, Erica, he just, he's just not thinking it's that big of a deal. He's not putting all of that. Oh, what was me? I should be having, you know, a snowball dance and oh, what was me? I should have had, uh, you know, football games and senior night and all those things that I thought were important for him to experience. He's just not mm-hmm. missing them. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, huge lesson because, um, and, and again, if, if we hadn't had that conversation, I wouldn't have been able to put those pieces together and communication is huge. And when we were kids, Erica, when we were young and, and first getting married, I don't think we were used to having those kind of conversations with our parents. Like I knew marrying my first husband wasn't the right thing to do, but my parents, like you said, because of the religion, you know, and here I'm expecting a child well, there should be a marriage. Right. And yeah. I just didn't stand up. I knew it wasn't right. I knew I didn't want to be married. And, you know, but I also knew that I wanted to bring my son into the world. So there was tremendous pressure mm-hmm. to get married so that I could bring my son into the world. And, um, you know, hindsight is, is 2020 and that's great. As long as we're learning our lessons, it's okay that we made the mistake. Yeah. Everybody just, do. I mean, I think, um, the probability of me meeting the right person is much harder than winning the lottery. <laughs> it is. So um, oh. I'm pretty sure many of us, a lot of us are, you know, um, in that predicament like one time or another. So like that's another reason I tell my client not to rush into the conclusion when they're dating. Like, yeah, biological stuff, but... <laughs> I mean, unless you hit the age of 50, you can at least have a child, you know, like one child, you still have a chance. So you don't have to think about, okay, one year, like, where is my proposal is coming? Like, that is not healthy, because when I look at, including myself, all of like successful girlfriends, they don't, they don't push all this thing. They, they are like, okay, let's wait, this goes because I'm too busy with my own life and own career. And then if mm-hmm. you are fitting into my life, let's see. You know what I mean? So guys yeah. are more and, accommodative and now- of, okay, I love you. Like, I want, I want, I don't want other guys to be all over you. Let's, let's, let's start like, you know, thinking about seriously. You don't even have to push a guy to ask him where is this going because they are more like okay i see what's going on around you all of guys are like interested in you like you know that's how it goes according to my own experience and my 
girlfriends experience who are having a great relationship, they don't push guys at all. Of course, they tell them they're expected to meet someone someday and have a family. That doesn't mean, you know, the guy who you're dating with. He could be the one, but he has to prove himself. we're living in different times, aren't we? So if, if it's a time clock thing, you know, it's my, uh, my physical time clock is ticking and I'm getting older and I, you know, I really want to have children. I mean, do you necessarily have to have a, a marriage in order to have children or can you decide to become a parent and do it on your own? Yeah, or without you can freeze egg or you can... You know, if your husband yeah. is someone who already married and have have kids, they can accept them as your own kid. You know, like you don't you don't all have to have family with your biological blood unit because, uh, you know, especially on my experience, I know blood doesn't mean anything in a way. You know, blood doesn't really prove anything of happy family like some people come from extremely toxic relationship and the blood bound you into that toxic relationship because you can cut off ties from your parents because your blood bound you know with that person it's not marriage you cannot divorce your parents you know so family is something you want to create with whether you have a blood bond or not it's more like soul connection soul ties so how you can create a soul bond between one person to another that doesn't necessarily you have to have a blood relationship with yeah and you know you bring up such a good point and and look at all the thousands i don't even know what the numbers are now but uh of children that are in foster care or you know that need a good home and like you said i mean if you can break away from believing that the only good connection you can have with a child is if you're their biological parent i mean so many amazing um experiences in life can be had by adopting Uh I, i know that my my older son is um my current husband's son Okay, not by biology, but by the fact that, you know, he's been a parent to him for most of his Mm -hmm. life and loves him. And if someone were to say that's not your son, somebody's going to get a punch in the jaw. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) that's just not the case. Okay. And um, so much more so than his biological father, I I would say as well. And um, I would think that my son has become the person that he is today from my husband's influence. Mm-hmm. Not, not solely, of course, it's a mix of, you know, everybody, everybody that you have in your life and your own personality, but um, some, some really great things that, you know, in my husband's personality and way of being in life that he has, you know, been able to give to both of our kids and, um, the blood relationship just doesn't even fail. It doesn't. Like my cousin, her husband died when she was 24. She got married when she was 20. And then she married to her second husband. But by by the time um, she already had the one kid who was five and then she was pregnant. And then they got married and then they eventually had their own kid. And then 
they're a happy family, you know, like both of、um, her two kids, they, they know her, their dad are not biologically, you know, biological dad, but they see him、mm-hmm. as a dad. Yeah, and that, you know, that's just a decision. That's a decision how, how you're going to be in somebody's life. And、um, I think what we're talking about it, you know, in attracting our soul tribe is understanding that a lot of what we were taught, the social conditioning, and it wasn't, it wasn't our parents' fault. It wasn't, you know, the community's fault because we're just evolving, is、mm-hmm. what it is. But we're, we're dropping off. Much of the social conditioning、um, that we received as children in our own family units, and we're starting to understand who we are as essential self. Yeah. And essential self takes that kind of introspection that we were talking about earlier, you know, really getting to know who you are and what part of you agrees or disagrees with what you're told is true. Mm hmm. Everybody's got their own truth. Yeah. It's just a matter of is this my truth or is this somebody else's truth? Is this what I was told I should be? And if we can get rid of all the shoulds out of our lives and just get real with who, what we want, where, what makes us tick, and how we operate to our truest self, to honor our truest self, I think that's when. You know, the true connection with Soul Tribe happens. Exactly. And also, I feel like it's very important to look at the person or look at the relationship at soul level, not the blood level, or, you know, okay, I, I don't know this person we just met. Like, how do you know this person is my soul tribe? You just, you just know、oh, that, you know, you just、it. feel it. You, you, you just feel, feel it, as, especially after you awaken, you just feel it. You're going to know the connection right away. Absolutely. And then, and I, I feel it in my body first. I don't know about you, but、um, it's, and then it's kind of like it's no effort at all as you're having conversation or as you, you know, deciding do you want to get together and do something together. It's, it's effortless,、yeah. in my opinion. And then it same goes for the family unit as well. Like,、um, you know, those of you who are、uh, going through divorce or considering divorce, don't be afraid because. You know, in the future, you're going to make blended family like suited, and then it's going to work out. And it can be so, it could be so amazing. Yeah, I, doubling, doubling I happiness. I wouldn't trade any of those experiences. And, and even leaving, you know, my husband, my first husband and I breaking up, it was scary at first. And you lean on the people, you know, you, you, Don't ask them to fix you, but you lean on the people that really love you and you get your support that way.、Mm-hmm. And I did that. Or if you don't have family or close friends to lean on, then you got to find a therapist or a relationship coach. And I, I would suggest that anyway. I, I'm so grateful for my therapist. And、um, he was my relationship coach、yeah. because I could go and tell him anything and I didn't have to worry about、mm-hmm. judgment. And that's what the good thing about a coach or a therapist that、uh, you just need a sounding board. You don't need someone who's going to give you like an opinion how they should live or, or how they should feel or, you know. Or judgment.、Mm-hmm. Or judgment. <laughs> you know? 
because uh, you know I think we've had enough of that in this life um we can stop judging ourselves and start getting real yeah I mean, that's the key to finding the true happiness most important thing like number three step number three is start honoring your soul desire like I started doing that after four years of questioning, you know, my first marriage, it took me every day questioning, do I want to stay in this? Do I want to stay in this? Do I want to stay in this? And then divine intervention happened. Then I'm like, okay, I, I feel like I shouldn't be because like, uh, I feel like God is telling me, I wasn't awakened at that time. So God is telling me like, I'm in the wrong path. And that's kind of like pushed mm -hmm. me to have a courage to get out, even though by whatever um, the church says not, but God is telling me, like showing me as a lot of signs and the stuff that I'm doing wrong thing by sticking to this. Yeah, your higher self. Yeah. I, I call that the higher, your higher self was communicating with you and saying, this is not what feels right for yeah. us. This is not where we want to be. At that time, be. it was got to me and... because I wasn't awakened. Yeah. But I was yeah. I was kind of seeing all these signs of, you know, and they they make a lot of doors close when you're pushing pushing through to make it happen. Like job or relationship, they're going to start closing the doors and uh, nothing That's goes right. right. Even though you're trying so hard. I used to think, okay, if I work so hard to be more compatible with my compatible with my ex-husband we're gonna work out we are too different but like I gotta work harder I have to put more effort that got nothing to do with that you know <laughs> I used to I used to call it you know you might as well just go in that closet and start banging your head against the wall and keep doing it until you finally decide on that day that like, Oh, I don't like the way that feels. I'm not going to do that anymore. That's what it's like trying to stay in a relationship that isn't working. It's like, you might as well just go in the closet and bang your head against the wall. That's my metaphor for it. And people laugh when I say it, but quit banging on it. That door is not for you. Yeah. Because like uh, true love, makes you feel free free to be who you are and those karmic relationship or whatever that is it's like makes you feel bound you have yeah. to be feel responsible for this you're obligated to go through this or you should do do this because your parents said so you or your or maybe you're a bad so, person whatever, if it doesn't you know? work out you know what does that say about you yeah. Or you feel guilty or you you feel failure, you know, compared now, to other people. Here's the kicker. Like, what if it's financial, Erica? What if it's financial? Mm -hmm. What if people use the excuse, well, I, I want to leave and I know that it's right for me to leave, but, well, we've we've mixed our finances and so I can't. <laughs> you can always make money. You I can always so. make money. That's my answer. And then that's another reason why I recommend ladies. This is a, uh, the book I was reading like last month about uh, this lady. Um, uh, she married to a um, really wealthy person in New York and she wrote the book. And then she mentioned about you always have to have exit money. She married three times and she come from South. 
and then she married to three times and then she said my third marriage was my true love and then she was saying and then she, once she decided to、uh, walk away she never looked back but she was always saying you always have to have exit money so as a woman You are not tied to your husband or something just because、mm-hmm. you have no means to leave. Always have a job and always have your career. So you always have exit money. Stash that money in separate account somewhere your husband cannot reach. So you always have exit money from exiting、mm-hmm. this marriage. And also, I would add that, you know, say we're talking about a couple who. Got together and neither one of them really had a lot of money to begin with. Say, you know, you're just making ends meet paycheck to paycheck. I would say that in that situation,、mm-hmm. um, you, you have to take measures to protect your own essential essence. In other words,、uh, you know, while you're doing self care, you're also making plans for what's next. And, and it may mean that you're. Style of living is a little bit changed, or it's very shoestring budget at first, but you know, that doesn't often stay that way forever, especially when you feel liberated from a relationship that was very heavy and and it made your mind feel weighed down. Once you get out, even if you're living on a shoestring budget and you have to be careful,、um, At least you have the freedom of your essence and your emotions and your mind. And then once your mind feels free, then it opens up to all kinds of opportunities and ways. You know, like you said, you can always make money, but it, it's harder to do when you're. Yeah, that's for especially people who are. That's people, especially for you're wealthy and you feel like, okay, if I divorce my、mm-hmm. spouse, I'm going to lose my money. Okay, like. You may lose your money temporarily, but you're going to save your life. And then you got always and, make and that money. And once your mind is free and your emotions are free and you don't feel like you're walking around in glue, it opens up your own possibility to become creative. Abundance. And abundance too. When you feel, you feel free, not no longer bounded and chained into the marriage. You have more vitality and you have more strength. And I would say it isn't even about money because if I can walk outside and feel free and breathe the air and feel the sun on my face, I would take that any day over all the money in the world. I know, but a lot of men feel like they can't live、yeah. because of money. Like we have a different、That's、perspective, m a n woman. And I, but I think it, everybody's the same. I mean, so. We, That's that social conditioning, yeah. What I'm saying is, but what I'm saying is,、uh, for you know, man out there, think about all this stress and、uh, um, turmoil you're going through emotionally, and think about those energy you're putting into making this you know, relationship work. And then, can you, can, if you don't, you're free from those. Can you put your, all of your energy into more toward your new business or new success and、mm-hmm. make more money? You know, that's what I have to tell guys that you may lose money temporarily, but you're not going to、mm-hmm. lose it forever. For me, you know, 
And that's something something important to look at because like a lot of、um, men I look up to, they're like multimillionaire and some of them are、uh, mentor, my mentors. And then one way or another, they always face the time、yeah. and they lost money. And then th- in, within a few years, They brought themselves back into this t- together in the same level、right. or more money. So they are not afraid of losing anything because they can always. And that's always funny. I know、happy. some people that but, they live in another country, but they,、um, they were the nine to five jobbers or even more hours than that, actually, had their own businesses and all that. And then one day they just decided, what are we in this rat race for? It's too stressful. I'm not enjoying my life and all this money I have, but I'm not really able to use it because I'm working all the time. And they went off the grid. And,、mm-hmm. you know, it's like that commercial we're going off the grid. They did. They went off the grid. They live in Australia and、um, they're farming. They have、uh, a farm. They're vegans, so they don't eat meat, but they could if they wanted to because they have the farm animals. And they're just so busy enjoying、mm-hmm. life. They just don't care about、mm-hmm. all that other stuff that they used to care about. It's like something went off in their heads and they went, wait a minute, this isn't bringing me happiness. And so, I mean, I, I tend to be more of that kind of person where I just, I mean, money to me doesn't mean anything. You know, certainly we're very comfortable and I'm grateful for everything that we have. But、uh, the abundance in my life, you know, the money part of it is very. Minimal, in my opinion. See, there again, you know, we're talking about what makes a person tick and figuring out what makes you tick. And there's another part of meeting your soul tribe. I mean, what is important to you? And if it's the financial success and going to, you know, places and eating at the best restaurants and all of that, I mean, that's kind of good to know and find out in the beginning, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you can do that while you're being spiritual, but that shouldn't be dictating your life, dictating、Agreed. your relationship. But finding, the, finding out in the beginning of a relationship, or at least somewhere along the way in the relationship, are our goals similar, right? Because I couldn't live, I don't think I could be partnered with somebody that wanted to live off the grid like that. I mean, I enjoy certain comforts in my life. That I would, my idea of camping is a hotel room that doesn't have a fridge and a microwave. Okay. That's just, yeah, my idea of camp, camping it, is a exactly. shower, <laughs> yeah. Not so,、ten. you know, that's just、so. me. That's my preference. I could be in a relationship with somebody that wanted to live off the grid because I just, that's not what I want in my life. But, you know, wouldn't that be nice to know if that was the case? And, You know, thankfully, my husband's the same way. He likes, you know, the same basic comforts that I do. And so that's good. It works for us. But, you know, if you. Yeah, you don't have to have a, like exactly the same compatibility, but like basic stuff, like, you know,、um, especially how you think about finance, you know,、uh, very important how you look at the finance,、um, how you. See as a spending versus investing. You know, if two persons they have a completely different opinion about that, and then they're pretending like, oh, you know, like I feel the same way, 
And then after marriage, you find out they have a totally different idea about that. It's going to be. Yeah, and that's where the discomfort comes, isn't it? Because that's really two different consciousnesses that they're tapping into. Mm-hmm. Unless two of them are extremely, you know, are flexible to meet in in the middle, yeah. like it's difficult, right? And finance stuff is second reason why marriage doesn't work out. First person, the first reason is more like, a, I think, sex. I think that was the first one. But second yeah. one is finance, you know? And it's very important to um, have a basic comparability. Like, uh, what do you consider as abundance? Like, okay, you know, you could both make five millions per year each, mm-hmm. you know, husband and wife. But are you the kind of person who want to live in like, a, you know, all those people in the reality TV show, like have, have five different sports cars and have, bunch of houses and wearing all this you know designers brand and uh, you know go to all this social party and uh, look good on social media type or you both make five millions but you consider 250,000 is wealthy enough and put all other exactly. money as investment because in the end you know you have to have that kind of um, comparability so you both feel comfortable with Okay, um, I don't have to have a designer's brand. I don't oppose to being wealthy, but those money goes more for investment, not like to show off the lifestyle or keeping up the appearances, you know? I can't certainly not be with some guy who want to uh, keep up the facade and, uh, you know, like competing other people who has bigger house or cars or all that kind of stuff because you're actually talking about two different consciousnesses one consciousness is what do people think of me how can i show people that i am abundant and the other consciousness is pretty much a gratitude for the abundance and making sure that it is protected and you know grow and um, grow those consciousnesses uh, aren't necessarily compatible, are they? It's not. Because, like, you know, um, you feel like, to me, abundance is okay. Today, I suddenly want to feel like go to Paris. So I have a money to do that in last minute and take a whole month break because I feel like doing it. That's abundance. That's what money is for. It's not about showing off other people you know like you don't have to prove anything so i can't be with a guy who is like that i agree that's that's more my my leaning as well i like to be able to enjoy life (laughs) and and if you have the ability to Mm -hmm. just you know go to paris and and have that time for yourself i mean that's really what self-love is i mean for me that's the only reason money exists anyway that's the only reason i care about it is so that i can do take the time and do things that i enjoy to do or drive a car that isn't going to break down on me halfway down the road you know (laughs) those kind of and i had those cars Mm -hmm. and i did Mm -hmm. live that tight tight shoestring and yeah me too paycheck (laughs) to paycheck and worrying you know 
geez, in the beginning, I had to decide between buying diapers and putting gas in my car so I could get to, to work. So, you know, I absolutely know that I don't want to live that way anymore. Um, and there's, and there's the poverty uh, consciousness yeah. where, you know, individuals grew up very poorly. And so, you know, as they become adults and then suddenly maybe they're very successful, they just can't get past that poverty thinking. Yeah, no matter how much money you make, like multi-millions, exactly. you still feel like not yeah. enough. And then when he or she becomes billionaire, you still feel I had an uncle who, um, growing up, uh, my grandmother would buy shoes for him, even though I don't know how she did it. She worked in a shoe factory, but uh, she found ways, you know, to help mm -hmm. him out um, because they were very poor. And um, so as he became an adult, he could not buy enough shoes. I mean, the man had closets full of shoes. <laughs> Because he couldn't afford, you know, his, his parents <laughs> couldn't afford them or didn't afford them when he was young. And um, he always had to wonder, you know, where, where are his shoes going to come from? And um, so, you know, these are things where we have to be really, again, knowledgeable about ourselves. What drives us? Why do we want certain things in life? What's important? Do you even want children or do you not want children? Do you want to continue focusing on your career the rest of your life because that brings you joy and it's exciting and, you know, you don't really want to take time out to raise a family. That's really important stuff to get clear on. Yeah, and then, therefore, it's not a good idea to uh, make a life, you know, turning decision like marriage. Like, okay, one year he should propose me. To me, that is right. not wise. That seems a little desperate. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it's like, it's like when things work out, it does work out without exactly. you pushing him. Or, you know, th threatening him to like, okay, I'm leaving. And then um, he going to feel like, okay, she abandoned me. I have to propose her. That's not the great way to get into marriage, like energetic. Why? Why? It's because your soul, uh, your relationship burnt for asking for marriage. Right. Is based Anything on fear. based in fear is not a good decision. I agree with you completely. Yeah. I mean, I tell my guy client, don't do that. Last thing you want to make a decision is that she breaks up with you. And because she want to marry you, and you feel panicked mm -hmm. and ask her to marry you. I mean, marry her. That's not a good decision because, I mean, speaking to you know uh, my girlfriends who are having extremely happy marriage, uh, their proposal didn't come into no. that kind of condition. No. You know, one you go to like you know together, nothing special is going on, and then. Of course, he knows one day you want to get married. So any guy you go out with, you're going to notify a guy someday you want to get married to a right person. That doesn't mean this guy. So he has to prove you you are a comparable guy to, you know, lucky enough to be a husband. And then he'll ask you one day, you know, of course, proposal, he's going to make up all this, you know, special occasion. But he's going to ask you all these 
future question, you know. So you know where it's going. Or you're gonna ask, you're gonna ask him. <laughs> you know, I'm all for the let's break the let's break the tradition and and go with uh, she yeah, asked him. But- but, you know, either which one, Biology. you're going to have a feeling ahead of time, I think is what you're saying. You're going to have a feeling ahead of time that it's that you're both wanting to go in that direction. And it's more yeah, organic you know, than for me, like um, their biological thing, you still want to uh, follow because once mom make a decision, like he feels more committed than she's proposing him. So a smart woman, what we can do as a woman is insinuating someday we, we want to get married. So he knows that. Absolutely. The conversation has uh-huh. to be had. <laughs> if you're going to keep da- if you're going to keep dating somebody, let's hope we're both going in a similar direction. Otherwise, why yeah. are we doing this? You know, then we just yeah, call that a friendship, you, like a- you know? Or maybe a friendship with benefits, you know, now we're just having fun. After a year or two, you know, this guy is not comparable. Oh my gosh, I would hope so, yeah. Or you you can tell if he's comparable, then you say, you know, honey, like we are so comparable, you know, I feel like I can have life with you forever. What do you think? So you're not already proposing him. But yes. You're having yeah, a conversation. You're having conversation. Then he's gonna start thinking about and, it. And you don't have to threaten him or anything. Or like you are in the no. um, you know, scene with other people having kids and then wow, you know, like you and I get along so much and then I can see myself to have a family with you and you're looking at other people having kids and what do you think? You know, you're not proposing him. Right. He has, he still has to make a decision, but he's aware of, yeah, we are comparable, what I think. And I think the reason people don't have those conversations is because they're afraid of the answer. And listen, that doesn't make any sense. And here's why you get, you go through a lot of time with somebody and then eventually you get married and you haven't had the conversation. That's a rough time to find out that you're not compatible. That's a really, now you've got a whole bigger ball of wax to deal with than you would have if you just had the conversation beforehand. And if it's no, it's no, that's okay. You're not going to die. You just move on and say, okay, you know, it, that's, yeah. let's be friends. Then, don't have to end badly. You don't have to ma- have a fight. Marriage just, is okay. not like, um, I mean, if it works out, it's great, but it's not like, wow, you have to abide by it no matter what, you know? Like sometimes you happen to pick the not the right person or you grow grow, you grow you apart, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it happens all the time. I think that's why the divorce rate is over 50% because what brought you together for the first part you know, uh, in initially, and it worked for a while, then all of a sudden, maybe you don't want the same things anymore. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think it's wrong. It's a natural, natural it's, development. Uh, it's not a disaster. It's not a failure. It's not a failure. It is just, it, can we just agree to say, thanks for the time. Thanks for the adventure. 
thanks for the experience and the learning and the, the love. And, and, and I hope your life is okay. You know, I hope everything goes really well for you, but we're, we're just not doing it together anymore. I, I don't think there's any shame in that. I think it's very admirable. And especially when children are involved, because those are children that are going to have parents that are very well grounded and that are going to be always their parents, but no, they're not together anymore. And that's yeah, okay I mean, too. It, if, if I parents not going to go anywhere, still their parents, you have to co-parenting, you know, but yeah. And think how much easier that is for the kids than if you have to have this nasty fight and break up and turn it into some yucky thing and get lawyers involved. There's well, no need for that. They're not getting along and they're pretending they're happy. They can feel it in subconscious level. Oh, they I agree. Feel it. Absolutely. Yep. And that, that was my story too. So I can tell you for sure that they do, well, we do feel it. And, <laughs> and uh, that's not exactly showing your children the best example, you know, the folks that stay yeah. together for the kids sort of thing. That that's not an example of how to have a good relationship. So your kids are paying attention, they're learning and they're feeling it. And if they think that that's how life works, they're going to turn around and have that kind yeah, of relationship. Yeah, ne- next week. I just next I'm week not a proponent. We delve into more of the marriage relationship thing, more of the marriage. Um, and that's the topic going to be. But like, um, yeah, I mean, once you notice the signs are everywhere. And then you follow what your heart and then you jump off the cliff to get divorced. And then I was so guilty that I left my ex-husband and then he he, he was b- broken, you know. <laughs> and then what's happened was he uh-huh. met his soulmate after a few years later. We're still friends. And then he told yeah. me, um, you know, I love her today more than yesterday. He did love me, wow. but this person is perfect, com- is so comparable with him. Yeah, and in the end, yeah, isn't that what then, love is? I mean, we want, we want for the other person yeah, their best life. Yeah, and I was life. so happy because I made a decision, and then he turned out to meet, like, love of his life. Yeah, we could have okay marriage, but that's okay. Not happy. Okay, we can deal with it. Marriage. Yeah, that doesn't yeah, sound I know. like a lot of fun. Let's let's do talk about that next week. Why don't yeah. we Why don't we call it um, relation uh, relationship change over well, we time? Did that, we did that first Maybe. one, so I guess a relationship and uh, marriage and change or something, whatever. Hi, thank you so much for listening. So I see you guys next week. Bye.